Welcome to Outdoors Radio with Dan Small, your source for the latest hunting and fishing information. Brought to you by LakeLink, your online fishing resource at lake-link.com. Outdoors Radio is also brought to you by Huntworth Gear, performance camo wear at a price you can afford. Huntworthgear.com. And by Professional Hearing Care, LLC, of Mauston, La Crosse, Westby, and Fitchburg, ProfHearingCare.com. I'm Dan Small. Today, outdoor writer Ron Weber shares a story from Deer Camp. Rough Grouse Society forest habitat biologist Jim Woodford tells us how managing habitat for one species can help many others. And we'll take a look at a thermal imaging rifle scope with Armasite Marketing Director Steve Lemonoff. All that and more coming up on Outdoors Radio, so stay right there. It's time now for Madison Outdoors, and you hear this feature every week at this time on Fox Sports 1070 WTSO, and anytime at all, wherever you get your podcast on LakeLink, iHeartRadio, OutdoorNews.com, or other platforms as well. And joining us now is pro angler Duffy Cup. Well, Duffy, welcome back. Well, it's good to be with you again, Dan. Now, most of our listeners are probably deer hunting this weekend, but we know some aren't, and you're one of them. You never really got into that hunting bug, did you? No, I never did. Uh, there's just some fishing to be done. I know I'm going out again tomorrow morning on Mendota for some pike, and then the day after that we're going to be on Monona going after muskie, so... That keeps me busy. Yeah, well, the fishing this time of year is usually good, and with this mild weather, I would imagine this is a great time to be out on the lakes. It is, because, well, number one, on the Madison Lakes anyway, the turnover has been completed, so the water is getting clearer. That may not help your fishing, but it's certainly a lot nicer just to be out on the water when you've got that nice crystal clear water around. You get a sunny day like today, that water allows the light to penetrate pretty deep, and that's not necessarily a good thing for you. I like the nice heavy-duty cloud days. Yeah, I think most big fish anglers do, pike and musk. I don't think it makes that much difference for pike, but you're more of a pike guy than I am, so maybe you've had different experience. Yeah. Well, I my, my best days with uh, pike have been heavily overcast, okay. cold and crummy out, yep. a lot of overcast. Yep, that's musky weather. So, okay, very good. Well, what's going on then on the lakes? I wanted to give a shout-out to everybody in the Madison area because maybe some people aren't aware of it. DNS bait and tackle is going to be closed from now until November 24th, so if you're thinking of dropping in and paying Pat a visit, uh, he's not going to be open until November 24th. Just keep that in mind. And then there's two big ice shows coming up, ice fishing shows. One, maybe not a lot of people in Wisconsin go to unless you live in the western part of the state, but there's a huge, huge ice fishing show over in St. Paul that first weekend in December. I'll be working up there for Clam Corporation, see what can happen there. But the big thing is now, it's brand new this year, is there's going to be the Wisconsin Ice Fishing Expo held in Oshkosh. I don't want to go into a lot of details here, but just look look that up on Google, and you can find out uh, the details on that, and hopefully we get a lot of people showing up for that. Well, I hope so, too. And actually, we're going to have Dan Durbin on the show next weekend, and he's the promoter and the co-owner of that show, so we will hear 
all about that show, all the details. Is that the second weekend? Yeah, that's... Um, second weekend in December, yeah. Right, so you'll be back-to-back -back ice fishing shows then for the first two oh, weekends yeah, my, in December. my wife is going to wonder where the heck I am. Yeah, well, at least she knows you're not out on thin ice. You're just living on thin <laughs> ice, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you know, we have listeners in Minnesota, Duffy, so maybe if they double their attendance, I can take credit for it, or a little bit of credit. Anyway. Oh, there you go. That'd be good. Uh, for, for the St. Paul show, if you've never been to this and you walk in there and you walk around to the whole thing, you won't believe it. It's it's mind-boggling. Yep. Two great ice fishing shows. What else you got for us? Well, I wanted everybody to know if they are planning on getting out this weekend that uh, at the major boat launches on the Madison Lake, there's only one boat dock in. So be aware of that so that you don't have any surprises and then things are rolling a little bit in the water right now. On Mendota, largemouth bass fishing has gotten a little bit tougher from a couple of guys that I've talked to. You can still catch them, but you're going to have to work for them. The perch are schooling up just because of the time of year that it is, and they're going to be moving deeper as the weeds die off the deeper the, the perch get. So keep that in mind. And then if you maybe want to do some walleye fishing and you don't have a boat, you can go over to Tenney Park and fish from the rocks there. You're going to probably want to be there right around sundown and fish till 10 or to midnight, and those walleyes will come in very shallow. That's not the only place on the lake where they come in shallow, because I know the West End on Mendota, guys will get their waders on and go out at night and I uh, just throw a, a jig and a minnow out there or a, a small swim bait, and they're catching some walleyes. Whether you're going to be able to get one 18 inches or bigger, that remains to be seen. All of the lakes now, the, the, the pike bite is good. Now, the bigger pike, from my experience anyway, are going to be in Mendota, but there's good pike in the other lakes too. And the muskie bite has been pretty good. On Monona, if you get in the Monona Bay there and know what to look for in the, in the weeds, the bluegill bite is going very, very well. And then if you uh, motor down to Wabisa, you probably want to be in the dark again for the walleyes. But they'll be up there. And for panfish guys, you get into Mud Lake, Upper Mud Lake there, that there's a pretty good bluegill bite going on. And I only got one guy that I talked to on the Wisconsin River. He says the water is still low up there. And I noticed driving up to Sauk City the other day, the water is actually going down. Okay. And the walleye action is, is picking up there, so that might be something to consider also. Well, good. Well, that's a good summary. Now, I was listening to another program on a different radio station. Two things that I'd share with you. One, there are a number of shore fishing places around the chain as you know and somebody's got a brochure or maybe it's online what do you know about that because the past president of yara fishing club the yara fishing club actually produces a booklet they give out every year at the wisconsin fishing expo that goes through all the different places in the madison area where you can fish from shore that's what somebody mentioned yes yeah. so where can you get that you can get that at the Wisconsin Fishing Expo. That's going to be late in February. I don't know if they will have any at the meetings or not, but if nothing else, coming to the meetings of the Yahara Fishing Club, you can ask around, and I'm sure they can come up with a copy for you. So that should not be a big deal. Okay. Well, I'm searching as we're talking here. I just went to yaharafishingclub.org. 
There's a document, I think it's blue in color, shore fishing on Madison Area Lake. So that's it. And it's yep. a it's a PDF, so a person could download that. Oh, certainly. And it's really detailed. I mean, there, there's a lot of areas that people don't think about that you could go uh, fishing on. You have to use your brain a little bit in the fact that it may be an area with a lot of shallow rocks. Well, fish aren't going to be in there all the time. Mm-hmm. So you got to use your head a little bit. They'll be in there from time to time. There's no guarantees when you do that, but there's been a lot of thought and a lot of effort put into putting that little brochure together. Yeah, and as you mentioned, there are a number of parks. In fact, most of these spots, I think, are at county or uh, state parks, which is a good thing, which means it's totally public. And, of course, there would be public access at any of these spots, or they wouldn't have it in their brochure. Well, and the other thing I heard on that show, you're going to love this, because I know you're a big pike guy. Some newcomer... A guy took him fishing, because he'd never caught a northern, and he caught two, what they said was legal-sized northerns on, I think it was Mendota. So that would be 40 inches, right? Yes, it would. <laughs> From shore. Oh, yeah. I mean, they start coming in shallow and looking for some bait fish that have moved in shallow. That's the key. And I think especially with a lower light situation, you know, if you're there early in the morning, that could be it. I have caught two pike on Mendota that were well over 40 inches, and both of them were caught almost in the same area, and it was maybe three and a half feet of water. Wow. Okay. Well, Duffy, I think we're going to let you go here on that thought. Maybe we've inspired a few people to try shore fishing or shallow water fishing, and we will talk to you again probably after these ice fishing shows and see what's going on. Very good, Dan. All right. Duffy Cup. Joining us for the Madison Outdoors Report, I'm Dan Small. You are listening to Outdoors Radio. Pappas Trading Post is Southern Wisconsin's number one Matthews and Mission archery retailer. Located just west of Arena on Highway 14, they have a full-service pro shop, a 40-yard indoor range, a large selection of archery accessories, and a full assortment of Matthews apparel. Their expert staff can tune your bow for top performance. Gear up for bow season at Pappas Trading Post. Look for the two giant arrows and stop at Pappas Trading Post on Highway 14 west of Arena or visit PappasTradingPost.com. Are you putting off treating your hearing loss for you or a loved one because you can't afford it? Hi, I'm Dr. Laura Venipal from Professional Hearing Care, and I'm telling you that you couldn't be further away from the truth. I believe that everyone should have access to hearing health care and improve cognitive health, and that's why we offer our affordable treatment plan. Our team is dedicated to taking the stigma and cost of hearing loss out of the picture. For a free consultation, call 608 608- Two nine two four nine one six, or visit our website at www.profhearingcare.com. If you're ever in a motor vehicle accident, call Hupe and Abraham, named best personal injury law firm by the Wisconsin Law Journal year after year. The firm of Hupe and Abraham has collected more than a billion dollars for its clients. In fact, they collect millions of dollars every month for hundreds of satisfied clients. Call the firm voted best and rated best, Hupe and Abraham, 800-800-5678, or visit Hupe.com. And all 11 offices of Hupe and Abraham in Wisconsin, Iowa, and Illinois are open for business. Well, joining me once again from home in Wisconsin Rapids, Jeff Kelm. Hey, well, Jeff, I imagine you are getting ready for gun season like everybody else. Of course, when oh, most people yeah. 
when most people hear this, um, <laughs> the gun season will be open. And folks, if you're listening while you're in your stand, uh, don't blame us if a deer sneaks past you uh, or you scare one because you're paying attention to what we're talking about here. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> where are you hunting this weekend? Oh, in uh, Wood County, staying in Wood County, going in the Arpen area. Uh, my parents have uh, 40 acres there, and uh, we're, we've got the place surrounded. Uh, my uncle, my cousin, uh, Robert and I are sitting in a blind together, and my dad will be up there. And um, uh, this will be about as close to uh, Kelm uh deer camp uh as as it was back at the farm um as we've had since we since we left the farm in 21 um and so uh yeah it will be it'll be fun to just kind of get together and hang out again yes indeed and i will be up in bayfield county with my son john as you know and his friend blake gross and our videographer dave roll there's only four of us this year and we're going to surround those 120 acres with strategic locations and hope that something walks by. And we'll also be shooting video for next year's Deer Hunt in Wisconsin show if we get anything worth... Well, if we, there's always a story. We'll make a story out of uh, whatever happens there. But it'll be tougher with no snow. But you're used to that, aren't you, in central Wisconsin? Yeah, we often don't don't have snow. I would love to see it be a little colder, but uh, but uh, we often don't don't have snow. And uh, you know where where we're at. I've got pretty low expectations. I think if we if we <laughs> see some deer, I'll I'll be pretty happy. It's just a it's just an odd piece. It's kind of wide open and. That doesn't mean they won't move through or get pushed off somewhere else, and we might get lucky. Yeah, well, and I'm sure Robert's excited, and I know you are more excited about him getting a deer than you having taken many yourself. Yeah, absolutely, and he he's ready to go. Um, it's something he looks forward to every year. He loves being able to have the deer camp. As soon as we had, you know, talked about, uh, our, you know, what do you want to do? Do you want to go back up north? Um, and, and hang out with, uh, with our friend Adam and stuff. And he does want to do that, but he'd really like to hang out with the family. So that's what we've chosen to do this year. Well, that's good. And then there's always the second weekend. If you still, um, want to shoot more deer or haven't shot any and you want to go. Sure. Up there. sure. Yeah. There, there's an opportunity there and, and we may just take it as well. Um, and, uh, kind of spread it around, uh, uh, and we'll see what happens. All right. Well, coming up, folks. I will talk with Steve Lemonoff, he's the marketing director for Armasite, about my experience with a thermal imaging scope he sent me to review. I had it for a few weeks and had some fun with it. We'll talk about that. And outdoor writer and forester Ron Weber returns to warn about fire danger in this warm, windy weather that we're experiencing and to read another story about his deer camp. We have him on just about every year about this time. And Rough Grouse Society forest habitat biologist Jim Woodford shares some advice for improving habitat for grouse and for deer as well. All that and more straight ahead on Outdoors Radio. Attention future hunters. Hunting season for turkey, small game, and deer is right around the corner. Don't wait to think about hunter education. The time to enroll is now. The Wisconsin DNR offers several options to choose from, making it easier than ever to enroll. Just browse for upcoming youth or adult hunter education classes at gowild.wi.gov and join the ranks of today's hunter education graduates who are ensuring the safe future of our hunting heritage. Classes fill up quickly, so don't wait. Enroll today. A message from Wisconsin DNR. 
Get ready now for 2024 with the official Outdoor News Sportsman's Calendar. Whether it's hunting, fishing, or finding your local sports show, this collectible calendar has it all. Stay ahead with moon phases, peak fish and wildlife activity times, and more. All surrounded by original images from the nation's top wildlife artists. Now available in multiple states including Wisconsin, Minnesota, Iowa, and Illinois, all the way to New York. Supplies are limited, so get yours today at OutdoorNews.com. For the nonprofit Ruffed Grouse Society, the well-being of the Ruffed Grouse and American Woodcock is a special priority. But the Society's conservation work benefits more than just these two game birds. The organization's programs help a long list of other young forest wildlife, including songbirds that must have thick, brushy habitat to survive. For more information about forest wildlife habitat management, contact the Ruffed Grouse Society toll-free at 888-JOIN. RGS. Here's a message from our friends at Remy Battery in Milwaukee, Escanaba, and Houghton. We at Remy Battery Company want to thank all of our customers and friends we have made over the past 90-plus years and your continued support of our local, family-owned company. Stop in and see the expertise of over nine decades of battery knowledge and customer service. Let us take care of the batteries for all of your needs, from power tools to sump pumps and ATVs to hunting decoys, even down to the smallest hearing aids. Big and small, we have them all. Stop in for a free battery and electrical check before you hit the road, trails, or waters. Don't forget to ask your sales representatives about volume pricing. Call Remy at 414-384-0340 or visit online at remybattery.com for all your battery and battery accessory needs. Welcome back to your source for the latest hunting and fishing information. Outdoors Radio with Dan Small. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio. I'm Dan Small. The rough grouse and American woodcock societies have been improving forest habitat for these and other species for more than 60 years. You can learn more at roughedgrousesociety.org. And joining us now is Jim Woodford. He is a forest habitat biologist for RGS and AWS, and he joins us from Rhinelander, Wisconsin. Jim, thanks for joining us, and welcome to the Outdoors Radio Network. Happy to be here, Dan, and it's great talking with you. Now, you are a recent DNR retiree, I understand, last year, and now you work for the Rough Grouse Society. So what does a forest habitat biologist do? There's two of us in the state. Another biologist named, named Sam Lau, he works out of Hayward, Wisconsin, so he's got the northwest part of the state, and I cover the northeast part of the state. We're focused on uh, quite a bit of forest habitat work, and so that's why we're situated in northern Wisconsin. But we can go really anywhere in the state where the need is. We help local biologists on public lands management. We also work a lot of time on private lands management, so private landowners. We can do uh, some desktop reviews and see what's going on in their community and their neighborhood, or we can go out and do a site visit and walk the property and talk to the landowners and see what their goals are and, and try to make that mesh with some of the wildlife habitat goals. What do you look for when you're walking a wooded property? We're looking for a lot of things, but before I even would go there, I want to know where the property is in the state. Is it in the northern forest? Is it in the central forest? Is it just rural Wisconsin, ag area? 
the driftless region of southwest Wisconsin, because that'll tell me a lot of options, you know, habitat-wise that a landowner can do. Also want to know about the size of their property they have and, and how it fits in with the neighboring properties, because that'll have a big impact on the habitat options. When we're walking the site, we'll want to look at the cover types that are currently there and see what they currently have. Do they have trail cameras out? Are they recording wildlife observations that way because that will help understanding you know, the big picture of their land management. So those are just a few of the things we look for. And I understand you also work with the DNR's Deer Management Assistance Program, also known as DMAP. Right. You can do either one. We find some DMAP work with private landowners, helping them with technical advice as they enroll their property in DMAP or re-enroll in it. We can do an assessment of what they have and listen to them about the goals. They have ideas of what they want. They just want to know how to get from uh, the beginning to the end of the habitat management work, and uh, that's the role that we fit. Okay. Most deer hunters know that they'll see other species as well, and in fact, up north, it's very common to see grouse and deer in the same habitat. How do you manage property for both of those species? There are things you can do that, but, you know, will work for most of the wildlife. You know, there's a few wildlife species that uh, are very specific, but white-tailed deer are pretty generalist. And so if we go to a property and, and the landowner says, I want to manage for grouse or woodcock and, of course, white-tailed deer, we look at the full picture and, and maybe work from the top down, know what their goals are, what species they're hoping to see, and then if it's grouse and deer, forest management can play a big role. If you're just talking about deer, you know, you want to make sure you have good cover and a food source. Those are the two big ones. It's the same with grouse management, except a little more specific on the cover side and also a little more specific on the food availability side. With rough grouse, also it's the size, the scale that you're dealing with. And when I talk about white-tailed deer, you know, a doe uh, on average, their home range in a year is maybe 200 to 300 acres and a buck it's maybe 500 to 700 acres. Whereas real good grouse habitat, you can have a male grouse living on 10 acres its whole life. So you got to make adjustments for the scale. And you're managing primarily aspen, I would guess, up in the north and other species as well? Yeah, so aspen's a real good forest type for grouse, also for deer. When we talk about grouse, we want to manage for different age classes of aspen anywhere from 10 to 15 acre stand sizes. And the key is to, in a block, say a 40 acre parcel, you want to have three or four different age classes of aspen available. That will benefit deer as well because those early age classes of aspen will be real thick cover. And that's what deer are looking for is cover and bedding cover. You know, one size doesn't fit all, I think, from a habitat standpoint, you can make good grouse habitat work, certainly for white-tailed deer and a lot of other species of birds and mammals that use young forests. Aspen is good, but for grouse and deer, oak is a real good forest type. And so we, we talk about oak management along with aspen management. 
also uh, some of the lowland brushy areas along rivers and streams and lakes. Alder management is also an important consideration. We're recording this during deer season, and you and I are both out there with another half million of our compadres, I guess you could say, and people are seeing the land maybe in a different light than they would in the spring or other time of the year, and maybe a private landowner is hearing this and thinking, you know, maybe I should do some management. How do they get involved, and what does it cost? There's a lot of options for help. A lot of it's can be free. If you're a private landowner and you're in northern Wisconsin and you've got a forested property, there's a lot more options today than there was in the past. And in the past, folks would call their local DNR biologist, their county biologist. That's still a thing you can try, but there are also other biologists and habitat specialists pretty much throughout all the counties in Wisconsin. The American Bird Conservancy has field staff that help private landowners Sam and I have colleagues that work in the NRCS, the Natural Resource Conservation Service, so so the federal organization, and they help private landowners with cost-sharing to do good habitat work on the landscape. Those are just a couple examples, and there are private individuals that will help landowners out. So there's a lot of options. If you go to the DNR website, just type in private lands. It'll show you some of those options. If you look up the Rough Grouse Society webpage and go to the Western Great Lakes region, you'll see some of my colleagues and myself, and our contact information is there. And part of our job is is to take calls from private landowners that are thinking about doing good habitat management. A lot of resources available. I know sometimes it's confusing to, to know which one is which. Any of these biologists that I've mentioned they're going to put you in touch with the right person that can help out a landowner. Well, Jim, thanks so much for joining us and for sharing all this information. There's a lot to digest there, but folks who are interested in forest management know they can find help at org or, as you mentioned, on the DNR website, dnr.wi.gov, and just type in forest management, and you'll get some good advice. Thanks so much, and we'll talk again. Yeah, it's been my pleasure. Have a good, safe hunt, Dan. Thank you. You too. That was Jim Woodford, forest habitat biologist for the Rough Grouse and American Woodcock Societies. And as we mentioned, roughgrousesociety.org is the place to go for more information. I'm Dan Small. You are listening to Outdoors Radio. Listen to more Outdoors Radio online at dansmalloutdoors.com. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio with Dan Small. Thanks for joining us on Outdoors Radio. I'm Dan Small. By the time most of you hear this, Wisconsin's firearms deer season will be underway. 500,000 hunters will be in the woods hunting private and public land across the state. Some of us will be in deer camps, and some of us will just be hunting from home or from a camper or from a motel. There's a lot of variation in how we approach deer season. And joining me now to talk about deer hunting and his deer camp and what it means to him is Ron Weber. Ron is a Wisconsin DNR forester 
who works out of the Ladysmith office, and he's also a freelance outdoor writer, and he's been on the show before, usually right about now, around deer season. Well, Ron, thanks for joining us again, and welcome back. Glad to be here, Dan. Good to hear from you again. Yes, well, it's always good to talk to you, and especially as deer season is upon us, and we will get to deer season in a moment, but you're a forester, and you work out in the woods virtually every day. What's it like this time of year out there? Very enjoyable fall, to be honest with you. And from a deer hunting perspective, what's really kind of neat is all the time I spend out in the woods in the fall, we mark a lot of select harvest stands. So I'm doing a lot of timber marking. So we cover a lot of ground. And so I really get to see what's going on out in the woods when it comes to deer activity. And you know, I will have to say here in Russ County, where I've been working, certainly seeing quite a bit of buck activity, buck sign, a lot of scrapes, rubs. So there's certainly plenty of deer out there running around, but you know how it is. They can be pretty good at not being found when we want to find them. It should be a good season, though, as far as numbers. I think there's plenty of deer there. The weather is always kind of a wild card. We'll see what works out there. Yeah, for sure. Now, you and I both hunt in Bayfield County, a little north of where you are, and we'll get to that again, but you're also a firefighter. That's part of your job description, I guess, as a forester. And with the wind and with the dry woods, this could be a dangerous time for fires, couldn't it? Yep, thanks for bringing that up. That's certainly going to be a concern, especially as we look at the weather for this week. You know, usually warm for this time of year, and then also several days of very windy weather. They're talking gusts 30 to 40 miles an hour, two or three days this week, and even windy weather into the weekend, and also warm and dry. Certainly hunters should really be cognizant of that. The fire danger is there. Normally our fire season in Wisconsin is in the springtime when we come out of winter and everything's dead and and brown. Get a few warm days, it dries out very quickly, and it's normally very receptive to burn, and fires are very common in the springtime. We can have that in the fall also if we kind of get weather pattern like we've had for the last few days, and it looks like we're going to have for this next week coming up. Yeah, definitely something hunters need to keep in mind is to be careful with any kind of outdoor burning that they may be thinking about doing. Certainly no one wants to start a wildfire. No, absolutely not. And that that even goes right down to a cigarette or a a cigar or a pipe, you know, a single match or just an ember can start a fire. You know that probably better than anyone. Yep. You know, even trucks or, or say, ATV or UTV driving through tall grass or any kind of fuel that could also spark that fuel to start on fires. Yep, just got to be careful, no doubt about it, with the way the weather's shaping up. All right. Well, I hope we all are careful. I hope you don't have to get called out of the woods to uh, deal with a wildfire, you and all your cohorts there in the various agencies that deal with fires. But let's talk about deer. It's finally here, the big weekend we've been waiting for. And I presume you will be hunting in Bayfield County, where you normally do, right? Up in, uh, is it the Shawamigan where you hunt? Yep, I hunt up in the Shawamigan. I do most of my hunting anywhere from Clam Lake area up to just southeast of Drummond. I have several areas I hunt up in that country. And, of course, you have a deer camp or a cabin up there that becomes a deer camp. And before we get to the story that I want you to read, what is the mystique of deer camp for you? Historically, the story is going to spell out some of what's 
happened to my deer camp over the last 10 years, but ultimately I've come to learn. When I had my deer camp that I'm used to, have had all my life for 35 years, I come to find out that really the deer hunting was secondary, that it was just getting together with my brothers and some real close family friends in the camp for nine days. That's what it was all about. It was really about the people. I was a deer hunter before I could even legally start hunting. I was going along with people, and I loved hunting all the time. But ultimately, I learned that it was always the people that really made deer camp such a special place. And just this time of year, I mean, to be honest with you, the November woods, there's just something about that. I love the November woods, just the landscape, the way it looks, the way it feels, the way it smells. It's a really neat experience to be out in the woods this time of year. It certainly is. It's a special time and a special place. And even though the woods is quite varied in Wisconsin, I think most listeners who do hunt deer or who've been out in the woods this time of year can understand what you're talking about. Well, let's get to your essay. You've written a number of essays about your deer camp, and the one we'd like you to read is called A Hunt to Remember. I wonder if you could read that for us. I would be glad to. There was no doubt about it. I was lost. In 35 years of hunting the Shawanigan National Forest near Clam Lake, I had been turned around many times, but never lost. Earlier that morning, I said goodbye to my older brother Rick and Terry, a longtime deer camp compadre. Their departure left me the sole occupant of the small cabin on the crooked shores of Lake Namakagan. Just three years earlier, it had been its usual cluttered self as we gathered for those nine special days in November. As that season unfolded, none of us could have conceived that this would be the last time we would all meet here and that for this deer camp, it was the beginning of the end. For my brother Jim, next season never came. In April, he was diagnosed with lung cancer, and by November was too weak to make the pilgrimage to deer camp. Jim's absence hung heavy on everyone's mind and heart. As we closed camp, none of us were thinking about next season. Jim passed away just after Christmas. I wasn't sure if the pain would be healed by the next season. We never got a chance to find out. In September, just as Mother Nature dusted off her palette of crimson and orange to paint the shoreline of the lake, my brother Gary was diagnosed with a tumor on a major blood vessel in his lung. After he left Tuesday morning, there was a pall over the camp the rest of the season. It was understood by all that deer camp would never be the same. Gary passed away in early December. With the heart and soul gone, a couple of the usual campmates did not come for the next season. Now with Rick and Terry gone, I was on my own, and I was truly lost. Like my two brothers, my mentors, my best friends, Deer Camp was dead. Driving to camp the Friday before the next opening day, I still wasn't sure how the season would unfold. Without the others in camp, I knew I would be hunting with ghosts, but I was not ready for the haunting quiet in the cabin. Like most nights before opening day, sleep did not come easy, but it was not because of the excitement of the moment. It was that discontenting quiet. Opening day was pleasantly uneventful. 
I saw the usual denizens of the woods, red squirrels, blue and gray jays, ravens, but no deer. Sometime during the day, however, I found my compass. I knew what I had to do. Each day I would choose a different area to hunt. Over the rest of the season, I would be able to make it to places where we had hunted most and where the trophy good times and memories lay. It had come to me in the solitude of opening day that to go forward, I had to go back. There were goodbyes that needed to be said. What a season it was. I sat in Jim's stand south of Lake Ree, where he had shot several bucks, including a hefty 11-pointer. Then Porcupine Lake, where I pushed a 10-pointer to Gary, his buck of a lifetime. At every spot, I thought, I smiled, I laughed, I cried, I remembered. The last morning of the season, I was up early. Walking in the pre-dawn darkness, I could again sense that feeling of excitement which had been missing. I knew I was no longer lost. Over the course of the morning, I sat, I listened, I watched, I tracked, I hunted. As I walked out of the woods just after noon to close camp, I couldn't help but notice that though there was that familiar sadness the season was ending too soon, I was already looking forward to next November. Wow. Another great essay. A lot of emotion there. A lot of memories. Are you healed now from the experiences that you recount there? I got to be honest, Dan. I don't know if you ever heal from that. <laughs> it's been that tough. And then to add to it, I just lost my third brother, Rick, this past October. Oh, my. You know, he hasn't been hunting up at the cabin for several years now. But I know this season when I go up there, there's going to be a lot more memories because of that passing just fairly recently. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm not sure I ever get over that, but I certainly have found a way to go on and, and hunt and have that excitement of hunting again. I really look forward to getting out there and being in the woods. Getting a deer really isn't that big of a deal to me anymore. That's not my primary reason for hunting. I still like to see deer, and if the right situation came along, to get a deer would be great, but I'm in a good place when it comes to hunting. I have that excitement, that passion to go out there every day. I hunt every day. I'm out there in the woods from dark to dark, at least Saturday through Friday. Sometimes I close up camp early on Saturday and come back a little bit early. Otherwise, I'm out there hunting all day long every day. What I like to do this time of year, all my life, you know, kind of got turned upside down there for a while. But I think I'm back in a good place. All right. Well, Ron, thank you so much for sharing that story, and I hope you have a great season, however it ends. I'm sure you'll create more memories and probably relive some of those similar to what you recounted in the story. Yep. And all I'd like to say further is I hope everyone out there has a uh, good season and a safe season and a successful season, whatever that means for them. And, again, be careful, be safe, and have a good hunt. All right. Thank you so much, Ron. We will have you on again for sure, and I hope you have a great season. Well, you too, Dan.
Thanks a lot. Thank you. Folks, to hear Ron read this story and others he has written, if you want to hear it again, uh, you can hear it on our show, of course, uh, on lake-link.com slash radio, or you can visit wisconsinlife.org and type his name, Ron Weber, into the search bar. You will be taken to a page where this story and others that he has read and written are recorded. I'm Dan Small. You are listening to Outdoors Radio. Enjoy the ultimate shooting experience at the Range of Richfield, your one-stop shop for all shooters. Just north of the Richfield Cabela's store on Helson Drive, the Range of Richfield offers 12 state-of-the-art 25-yard indoor shooting lanes for all pistol and common rifle loads. Classes in home defense, basic handgun and concealed carry, a retail shop, trophy mount display, and more in a welcoming, family-friendly setting. Open daily except Monday to the public and members. Your ultimate shooting experience, therangewi.com. Are you putting off treating your hearing loss for you or a loved one because you can't afford it? Hi, I'm Dr. Laura Venipal from Professional Hearing Care, and I'm telling you that you couldn't be further away from the truth. I believe that everyone should have access to hearing health care and improve cognitive health, and that's why we offer our affordable treatment plan. Our team is dedicated to taking the stigma and cost of hearing loss out of the picture. For a free consultation, call 608 608- or visit our website at www.profhearingcare.com. Pappas Trading Post is Southern Wisconsin's number one Matthews and Mission archery retailer. Located just west of Arena on Highway 14, they have a full-service pro shop, a 40-yard indoor range, a large selection of archery accessories, and a full assortment of Matthews apparel. Their expert staff can tune your bow for top performance. Gear up for bow season at Pappas Trading Post. Look for the two giant arrows and stop at Pappas Trading Post on Highway 14 west of Arena or visit PappasTradingPost.com. Since our inception, Huntworth has worked relentlessly to incorporate innovative technologies and forward-thinking design into affordable camouflage apparel. Our gear, designed with the Disruption Camel Pattern, utilizes computer-generated graphics featuring a high level of random and abstract visual noise to help you remain undetected in the environment. So whether you need the latest in hunting gear technology or clothing that just simply fits your lifestyle, Huntworth Gear is what you're looking for. HuntworthGear.com. That's HuntworthGear.com. Have more success on the ice with the LiveScope Plus Ice Fishing Bundle LI from Garmin. Drill fewer holes, catch more fish. This portable live sonar bundle comes with the LiveScope Plus system, EchoMap UHD-93SV display, and a lithium battery. All packaged in a case making hole hopping a breeze. LiveScope Plus helps you find more fish with improved resolution, reduced noise, clearer images, and better target separation. Fill your freezer with fillets with help from Garmin. Visit Garmin.com or shop your local Garmin dealer today. Florence County Forestry and Parks is happy to announce their new online registration system for access to our Lake Emily and West Bass Lake campgrounds, pavilions, boat launch yearly passes, and information on the Kai's Peak Ski Lodge. FlorenceCountyParks.com is the site. It is currently live for you to see how it functions, and you can set up your account sign-in for when you're ready to reserve sites starting on January 1st, 2024. So check out FlorenceCountyParks.com and get ready for 2024. Welcome back to your source for the latest hunting and fishing information. Outdoors Radio with Dan Small. Thanks for joining us on Outdoors Radio. I'm Dan Small. 
Joining me now is Steve Lemonoff. He's the Chief Marketing Officer for Armasite, makers of night vision and thermal imaging products and accessories, and their website is armasite.com. Steve was on the show in September, and he joins us again now to talk about thermal imaging and using the devices and my experience with the contractor which he sent me. Steve, thanks for joining us again, and welcome back to the Outdoors Radio Network. Thanks, Dan. I really appreciate you having me back uh, on the program. Before we get into my experience, let's start off with a refresher. What's the difference between night vision and thermal imaging? They're different technologies. I know that a lot of people are familiar with night vision, infrared, military law enforcement entities have been using them since like the late 70s, 80s in various conflicts around the world. Night vision has been a predominant technology and thermal has overtaken, I, I think, night vision uh, in the last decade or so. The lower cost, the capabilities and the functionalities and what you can do with thermal has really moved a lot of a big segment of the people that use night vision to using thermal as well or a combination thereof. So night vision really is a technology that amplifies ambient, natural, like starlight, moonlight, and reproduces the image via image intensification. It's a complex, expensive process and a significant investment. Thermal, it's a different type of technology. It picks up heat signatures, anything that, you know, in the world, like animals, people emit. We emit heat, and thermal detectors or micrometers pick up that heat, and with a digital process, using modern technology, produce that image on a small, typically LCD or OLED screen that you look through an eyepiece, like you would say uh, traditional binoculars or glass scope, but it's a totally different technology. So night vision and thermal are different technologies. They work to allow end users to see in low light or extremely dark conditions, although thermal can be also used during the daytime as you've experienced yourself. There's benefits to both technologies and utility for both technologies. Yes, that's a good summary, and I hope that clarifies for folks who are puzzling over the names and the the differences between these two technologies. Now, you sent me, and I'm going to send it back this week. It's a high technology, but you loaned me this for a time period to try it out. That It's called the Contractor. I didn't mount it on a rifle, but I did use it both during daytime and at night, and I found it to be remarkable. That's some amazing technology that you have there. Thank you, and I really much appreciate the kind words. Yeah, the contractor is a thermal scope. You can use it in your hand to scan day or night and see where animals are. You can do, you know, kind of scouting. It's it's really designed to be mounted on the weapon, but again, uh, as you used it, you could use it in, in, in your hand as well. We have a great mini monocular with thermal technology called the Sidekick. It fits in the palm of your hand. You can use it to scan, scout. You know, thermal has been used for search and rescue, uh, and even in cases where there's a escaped convicts. Law enforcement have used thermal technology, either in drones or with handheld units, to help them track down and pursue the suspects to apprehend them. You know, somebody gets lost in the woods, and you want, to, and it's after dark, and it's hard to locate somebody. Thermal has been used to find missing people. Thermal is great for scouting to see where animals bed or tracking them and seeing 
where they're going, where they're bedding, where they're eating, where, you know, their source of the water is. Pre-deer season, finding the pattern for that big buck that you're uh, looking for, or predator hunting for uh, protecting the homestead, farmland. There's a lot of utility with thermals. There's a mixture. You could have a thermal scope that you could use in a firearm or stand with. There's, you know, if you're not into hunting, you, you know, camping or hiking or trekking, thermal can help uh, navigate the terrain in low-light conditions or in very dark conditions or when you're camping, seeing something's rumbling in the bushes, taking a unit out of, you know, flashing a flashlight, scaring somebody or an animal, uh, spooking them, you know, may cause them to attack, whatever. Thermal is a passive system. It doesn't emit any kind of light. It absorbs all thermal energy and creates an image for you to see as if it was basically daylight. Uh, and I'm sure you, you could attest your usage uh, in uh, dark conditions, how you can tell where there was a deer, uh, other animals uh, lurking about. It's a fun technology. It's become more and more mainstream. A lot more people are getting into predator hunting, feral hogs, coyotes, and home security, protecting livestock. You know, there's a lot of cases. I can see applications for this. Now, I used it to locate sheep that are fenced in on a hillside and in several pastures. Uh, I can see where they are during the day, but at night, uh, if I shine a flashlight, of course, they, their eyes reflect. But the thermal imaging makes them stand out, pop out like it was daytime. And I let my wife use it the other day uh, after dark. We have a couple of buck goats that we keep separate from the does. And I said, take a look over there through this and see what you see. She said, I can see everything, the trees, the shed, and one of the goats is lying on the platform. And he was just out lying there under a crab apple tree, but it was as clear as day. And what I found really remarkable, besides the brightness and the fact that you could see clearly and make out what kind of an animal it is, you could also see the trees, we have a, a shed with a metal roof, and I'm guessing that it holds enough heat that the, the difference between it and whatever else was out there was enough to show up in the thermal scope. Is that how that works? Exactly. exactly. So things like rocks, metal sheds, trees even, you know, the sun heats up things during the day, and those uh, objects retain that heat into the night. And as temperatures cool, the heat decreases from those objects. So you could see gradients of the temperatures decrease from early evening hours to, uh, you know, later on in the evening into the morning hours. Again, a lot of utility, a lot of use cases, and it's a fantastic technology to be able to have and use it in your everyday lives. You know, a lot of people, you know, like contractors use thermal to do home inspections. You could do thermal heat auditing of properties, of buildings, not just hunting or, or those types of things that you would think you would use with uh, this type of technology. There's, there's a lot of utility with thermal technology. Absolutely. And one of your new products, the thermal clip-on, actually is something that a hunter can use in low-light conditions without changing scopes on his rifle, right? Correct. Yeah, so we have like, a clip-on in two options, really. We have them in traditional night vision where you can mount it in front of your day scope and convert it into night vision. And or we have a version that's thermal, which we're about to release very shortly actually, where you would mount this device in front of your day scope and essentially convert 
your day scope into thermal capable technology. So you wouldn't have to reserve your day scope. All you would do is basically convert it with the capability of either night vision or thermal and give you so much more capabilities. Of course, not every state allows this capabilities. Every state has their own nuances, so you want to be within you know, your legal capabilities and rights to make sure you uh, don't violate any kind of ordinances or laws. Absolutely. Well, Steve, we've got to let you go, but I appreciate you coming back on. I would like to try maybe for next season one of those thermal clip-ons and uh, do a little more in-depth testing than I was able to do this year with the contractor. Thank you so much, and we'll have you on again, I'm sure. Thank you, Dan. I appreciate you. Steve Lemonoff is the Chief Marketing Officer for Armasite. Their website is armasite.com. I'm Dan Small. You are listening to Outdoors Radio. Florence County Forestry and Parks is happy to announce their new online registration system for access to our Lake Emily and West Bass Lake campgrounds, pavilions, boat launch yearly passes, and information on the Kai's Peak Ski Lodge. FlorenceCountyParks.com is the site. It is currently live for you to see how it functions. And you can set up your account sign-in for when you're ready to reserve sites starting on January 1st, 2024. So check out FlorenceCountyParks.com and get ready for 2024. Since our inception, Huntworth has worked relentlessly to incorporate innovative technologies and forward-thinking design into affordable camouflage apparel. Our gear, designed with the Disruption Camo Pattern, utilizes computer-generated graphics featuring a high level of random and abstract visual noise to help you remain undetected in the environment. So whether you need the latest in hunting gear technology or clothing that just simply fits your lifestyle, Huntworth Gear is what you're looking for. HuntworthGear.com. That's HuntworthGear.com. Have more success on the ice with the LiveScope Plus Ice Fishing Bundle LI from Garmin. Drill fewer holes, catch more fish. This portable live sonar bundle comes with the LiveScope Plus system, EchoMap UHD 93SV display, and a lithium battery. All packaged in a case making hole hopping a breeze. LiveScope Plus helps you find more fish with improved resolution, reduced noise, clearer images, and better target separation. Fill your freezer with fillets with help from Garmin. Visit Garmin.com or shop your local Garmin dealer today. Pappas Trading Post is Southern Wisconsin's number one Matthews and Mission archery retailer. Located just west of Arena on Highway 14, they have a full-service pro shop, a 40-yard indoor range, a large selection of archery accessories, and a full assortment of Matthews apparel. Their expert staff can tune your bow for top performance. Gear up for bow season at Pappas Trading Post. Look for the two giant arrows and stop at Pappas Trading Post on Highway 14 west of Arena or visit PappasTradingPost.com. Are you putting off treating your hearing loss for you or a loved one because you can't afford it? Hi, I'm Dr. Laura Venipal from Professional Hearing Care, and I'm telling you that you couldn't be further away from the truth. I believe that everyone should have access to hearing health care and improve cognitive health, and that's why we offer our affordable treatment plan. Our team is dedicated to taking the stigma and cost of hearing loss out of the picture. For a free consultation, call 608 608- Two nine two four nine one six, or visit our website at www.profhearingcare.com. 
Attention future hunters. Hunting season for turkey, small game, and deer is right around the corner. Don't wait to think about hunter education. The time to enroll is now. The Wisconsin DNR offers several options to choose from, making it easier than ever to enroll. Just browse for upcoming youth or adult hunter education classes at gowild.wi.gov and join the ranks of today's hunter education graduates who are ensuring the safe future of our hunting heritage. Classes fill up quickly, so don't wait. Enroll today. A message from Wisconsin DNR. Enjoy the ultimate shooting experience at the Range of Richfield, your one-stop shop for all shooters. Just north of the Richfield Cabela's store on Helson Drive, the Range of Richfield offers 12 state-of-the-art 25-yard indoor shooting lanes for all pistol and common rifle loads. Classes in home defense, basic handgun and concealed carry, a retail shop, trophy mount display, and more in a welcoming, family-friendly setting. Open daily except Monday to the public and members. Your ultimate shooting experience, therangewi.com. Get ready now for 2024 with the official outdoor news sportsman's calendar. Whether it's hunting, fishing, or finding your local sports show, this collectible calendar has it all. Stay ahead with moon phases, peak fish and wildlife activity times, and more, all surrounded by original images from the nation's top wildlife artists. Now available in multiple states, including Wisconsin, Minnesota, Iowa, and Illinois, all the way to New York. Supplies are limited, so get yours today at OutdoorNews.com. For the nonprofit Ruffed Grouse Society, the well-being of the Ruffed Grouse and American Woodcock is a special priority. But the Society's conservation work benefits more than just these two game birds. The organization's programs help a long list of other young forest wildlife, including songbirds that must have thick, brushy habitat to survive. For more information about forest wildlife habitat management, contact the Ruffed Grouse Society toll-free at 888-JOIN. RGS. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio with Dan Small. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio. I'm Jeff Kelm, brought to you by Cedar Lake Sales on Highway 33 West in West Bend, on the web at cedarlakesales.com. They have uh, winterizing supplies in stock. And if you're short on time, they can do the job for you. Check out their website for details. We're also brought to you by Huntworth Gear Performance Camo Wear at a price you can afford, huntworthgear.com. And by Professional Hearing Care, LLC of Mauston, La Crosse, Westby, and Fitchburg, profhearingcare.com. And speaking of Cedar Lake sales and boats, I took my demo boat back uh, last weekend and... It will be cleaned up and ready for anyone who's looking for a slightly used boat. I know they offer good deals, and we've sold it every year. So if you know anybody, Jeff, or any listeners know anybody who might be looking for a nice Crestliner 1750 Fishhawk, it'll be there at Cedar Lake Sales. If our TV show, Outdoor Wisconsin, is not airing where you live, you can always watch past episodes at milwaukeepbs.org. And the Deer Hunt Wisconsin show that aired recently, last week in fact, is archived on the Deer Hunt Wisconsin TV YouTube channel along with shows from the last couple of years. And uh, the radio show you're hearing right now is uh, archived as well. You can download it and listen to it at your leisure. Uh, go to lake-link.com, go to your outdoor radio page, download it there. You can also check it out on the Outdoor News website, outdoornews.com slash podcasts. You can find Dan on social media. At Dan Small Outdoors, you can find me across the platforms at Hardwater Jeff. 
couple of DNR uh, news items. There's going to be a public meeting on Lake Superior Fisheries at 6 p.m. on Wednesday, November 29th in the Vaughn Public Library in Ashland. That's right on Main Street in Ashland. Details at dnr.wi.gov. Keywords, guess what? Lake Superior. And Jeff, did you hear about the cougar that a bow hunter shot in Buffalo County last Saturday? I did. I heard about it, and uh be interesting to to see the whole story. Yeah, I heard it's apparently a young male, and those animals probably wander here from the Black Hills of South Dakota looking for a girlfriend. Hard to imagine crossing Minnesota and the Mississippi River, but, you know, they do it. And they are protected, so folks, if you see one, don't shoot it. And if you're hunting anywhere near Clam Lake or Black River Falls, be sure you're shooting at a deer and not at an elk. Well, I posted, or I shared a post by my friend Jim Tostrud, the wildlife artist, just recently, and I want to read some of the responses. Jim posted this during the bow season. He said, the rut is on, and I'm finally sitting in the woods 20 feet up in my happy place. Just passed up a nice buck, waiting for one a bit bigger, plus I don't want my hunt to be over. Sometimes it isn't about killing something, it's about being in God's great outdoors. The sights, the sounds, and the smells of autumn. Lord, thank you for blessing with where I am right now. Good luck to all my hunting brothers and sisters out in the woods right now. And Jeff, I shared that on my Facebook page, and I said uh, just a simple thing. What does hunting mean to you? And I got a lot of responses. I'll share a couple of them. Steve Widow said, it means everything to me, Dan. Opener is my personal New Year's. Absolutely live for it, 24-7, year-round. My neighbor Dan Fish chimed in. He said, so right, Jim. And, and Dan, by the way, shot a real nice buck down in southern Vernon County just uh, a few days ago. And now yeah, he's ready for gun season as well. Another friend of mine, John Motoviloff, said it's about food, family, and friends. And for some, but not all of us, faith as well. This might sound simple or even simplistic, but watching the world and all its workings wake up and trail on toward the quiet of afternoon, and finally the dusking hour is life on both the largest and smallest scale. We are born, we walk out onto the world stage, and then take our curtain call and bow to exit into the waiting wings. And Jim came back with more, and there was one other I'd like to share. Lauren Voss, our good friend, my hunting is my time to reflect, time to see God's creation, time to pray, Time to be away from the world. Time to recharge my mind to continue on. And I think you can relate to a lot of that, Jeff. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, it, it's it, it's uh, I, I guess I, I have a hard time putting into words what uh what it all really means because I think at so many different times of uh, of life, the seasons of life that you're in, it means something different. Right now, a lot of it means. You know, watching my son grow in it. Uh, there's times where you get to just simply reflect and, and be in this silent place, uh, kind of disappear. Uh, there's places where it's, it's really super emotional, uh, where, where those memories come flooding back. So yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's all of everything everybody wrote, right? And, and, and we get to have such a personal connection to it. And that's what makes it so great. Absolutely. Well, folks, 
You can share your thoughts about deer season and photos. Go to uh, Deer Hunt Wisconsin on Facebook and uh, share your thoughts there. You can message me or Jeff, and you can find us on Facebook, as he mentioned. Our theme music is by Warren Nelson. You can hear more of his tunes and look for updates, including his performance this Saturday, November 18th, at the Reinhardt Theater in Ashland. Find all that on his website, warrennelson.com. I'm Dan Small here with Jeff Kelm. Get outside this weekend. We hope all you deer hunters have a safe and successful season. Jeff, that goes for you and Robert and your whole family, too. Thank you, Dan. And you bet. And be sure to join us again next week for Outdoors Radio.